This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so honoured and privileged to be welcoming to our global community today somebody that I've been following ever since I listened to him on the Sean Anderson Rag Podcast. This is Dr Arya Campbell-Dinesh and he is a high performance psychologist and mindfulness specialist joining us from London today. How are you? I'm very well Leisha, thank you for having me here. You are very welcome. Like I said, I listened to that episode with Sean with bated interest because it's a, you talked about so many topics that I'm passionate about. And I thought for our community of global recruiters, aspiring leaders, and those who are running companies around the, around the globe in recruitment, I thought you would be a very valuable guest to share with us. But for those who are not yet familiar with you yet, Aria, what do you do and who do you do it for? So to give a bit of context, I work as a high performance psychologist, like you said, and it's often with people who are at the top of their game professionally, but they're stuck or struggling with an aspect of their lives. So my clients are typically very entrepreneurial and they could run businesses or they might be working at a high level, that kind of high trajectory, high performing uh, in the recruitment and the creative industries. And they often have high levels of responsibility and they lead large teams. And despite achieving professional material success and status, what they find is that they're still experiencing fears or anxieties or self-doubts or stress or imposter syndrome or a lack of balance and fulfillment. That's really interesting, actually, because we obviously partner very similar people, I expect, because my clients are recruitment leaders as well. And occasionally... Mm -hmm. You do actually witness accidental success of people that have been, you know, they're on the crest of a wave, they're in a very lucrative market, they've managed to grow their business exponentially, and then they find themselves CEO of a company turning over X billions, going, have I done this? <laughs> so that must be Completely. quite an interesting sort of client base for you as well. Completely. And I see that across the board too, you know, from working with new um, business owners to CEOs that are running multi-billion pound companies. And the commonality, though, is that the mind will often lead from a place of doubt right. and judgment and fear. So it'll always focus on what we don't have. And it will then often attribute external factors saying, I got lucky or um, it just happened this way. And what if it all falls apart? What if in three months time sales stop or the marketing isn't working, isn't working or I, I make a bad decision? And so leading from that, from that place of fear, it makes life a lot more difficult. And, and the whole path of this journey is self-awareness to see whenever our mind is actually propelling us and when it's holding us back, whenever it's our best friend or actually it's our worst enemy in terms of where we're going and what we can achieve. It's really interesting, actually. Because I think a lot of the time, if you're looking to maybe replicate or impart that information so it comes out of your, you know, out of your head, yeah. and it stops becoming uh, 
something that's just siloed into your brain and you want to you know maybe open up new areas open up new geographies I think that's really interesting and you know talking about fear I would say that recruiters generally are quite fearless because you know we're we're quite brazen and we're you know we're confident but actually that's such a ridiculous stereotype given what we've all gone through in the last two years I think we're much more open to understanding how our mindset can affect our ability to achieve high performance and that it all I think that's where the self-awareness comes in because naturally people in, in your industry can be uh you know very very strong very courageous um very active very proactive but there's a difference between the way that we come across and then what's driving us and a lot of the time it can be driven by fear that I have to achieve this or X will go wrong or Y will mean that, you know, the company will dry up and then the mind propels to, gosh, in six months time, I could then have no income and I've let down the people who are working for me and then my wife might, like, might leave me and then I'll be homeless on the street and it literally can just spiral. So, you know, a huge part of the work that I do is understanding your own mind and its own tendencies and the different um, sort of routines that it begins to play in the mind because often it's very similar content or very similar theme that's just replayed over and over and over and triggered by different contexts. Oh, okay. It's almost like you're watching the same movie in your head and you just almost know Completely. You know what the ending is going to be, but you need to change which movie you're watching. Completely. Um, Completely. It'll, um, it'll often act like a fortune teller and it'll make predictions about the future and that can be incredibly helpful but the mind also has a negativity bias and so it's often coming from a place of worst case scenario or worst case outcome which can be useful if we can use it from a, an objective rational perspective in order to prepare and plan but it's ultimately unhelpful whenever it takes over and then we're experiencing unhappiness or discontent or lack of meaning or not feeling like we're on steady ground and so really through understanding the mind, we want to be begin to take all the uh, rational, useful operational parts, but then becoming from a place of calm or peace and happiness and appreciation. Mm. Easier said than done. Well, it is. But I think that the conversations that we're having now, you know, that you're clearly having with your client base, has that increased since COVID? Because, of course, we all went through something collectively where our fear factor was by things we, that were totally out of our control by a pandemic. Obviously, whole economies were closing down for certainly lockdown one. So do you think there's been a shift in the acceptance that we need to become much more self-aware as leaders? We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. 
I think it has. I think it's given cause for pause where people are then reflecting and seeing that actually, gosh, I find it very difficult to switch off. That working hard isn't actually the problem. Switching from work mode to you know, leisure mode or family mode is. And a lot of people are recognizing that they find it difficult to relax and be present with the people that they care about most. And that I think often becomes more important often the more that you progress on the external journey. You're beginning to experience more, you know, finance and a bigger company and, you know, people are having the home that they'd like. But they're realizing, gosh, what really is at the core though, of happiness is how I feel inside. That's an internal journey or the quality of my relationships and how much emotional intimacy do I have with my partner or how do I feel about myself as a father or a mother? And that just begins to take more credence. And so I think more people in this environment are beginning to reflect on that. Yeah, no, I do agree. But you picked up on a really good point there in that in my experience, and obviously I've, I've recruited recruiters for the last 20 years, we tend to be not as good at managing our time as maybe other um, sectors and professions because we have so many tasks within our job. It used to be, you know, getting vacancies on, ringing clients, and then doing the same with candidates. But now there are so many other strings to just recruit, I suppose, never mind those running businesses. So I'm really pleased that you picked up on managing our time and how do we unlock this kind of perception of achieving contentment in a day when there's so many things and, and we're a 24 7 industry. How do we ensure that we are compartmentalizing it and, and achieving? some contentment each day that we've actually achieved all the tasks that we need to when it's actually an endless job that we can mm. do. Completely. And life can feel like a juggling act at times. And that's mm. what a lot of clients report whenever they first come in that they can't find balance. Because yeah. without awareness, we can become consumed by our work. Yeah. And then consequently, our relationships, our mental well-being, our physical health can all suffer. And until we really understand what's directing our actions, yeah then and until we can really harness the power of the mind we'll be left like you're saying grappling with these fears with these frustrations with these self-doubts with these relationship challenges with this lack of balance and I think part of it is the recognition like you were saying that this is an ongoing journey there is no end the mind will often work as if there is an end you know for instance one client um who worked in a um in Los Angeles and the creative industries and producer had a huge amount of um, tasks and, pro and projects. And he was saying, you know, I'm just constantly trying to get rid of my to-do list. And I said, okay, well, let's look at that. How long have you been doing that for? Well, he said about 25, 30 years. And uh, how often have you got rid of your to-do list where it's empty? And he said, well, I, I don't think I ever have. And I said, and if you did get rid of it and it was empty, how long would that last for? He said, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. So saying, oh, okay, so let's look at this. What the mind is trying to do is achieve a task that it hasn't achieved in, in 25 or 30 years in order to attain 30 minutes of respite before it will begin again. And you're feeling frustrated and feeling you're not achieving and that you're letting yourself down by not getting enough done. When we begin to create a bit of separation from the mind, you know, we can begin to shift perspective and in that case it was okay my goal isn't to get rid of my to-do list it's how can I have the highest quality to-do list possible how can I have a problem which represents where I am in life or a challenge which actually shows my growth and my, and my progression and so it's seeing that 
it's ongoing. Life will involve challenges. Life will involve obstacles. Life will involve suffering. The goal isn't to avoid that or eradicate it or deny it. The goal is how can I develop myself as a person that I can achieve that with as much grace and grit and integrity and in a way that I'm connected to my values even more. And just as a side point on multitasking, people often think that they're great at doing multiple things at once, but we even know from the data, the mind can actually only ever perform one task at a time. And so what we're actually doing is, is switching very quickly from one task to another. But whenever we do that, we lose productivity. There's a, a gap for the mind to get into that task. And we lose productivity by about 40%. It's a huge, yeah, which is massive. So a huge part of it is, um, and we can go into it uh, in terms of unlocking our potential, is, is presence, is being, is being present and being mindful. I'm quite shocked about that 40%. But I, if I think about, mm -hmm. well, certainly since I've been a working mom, very often I will be maybe making dinner while I'm on a call or I'll be thinking about, I'll just, I'll just prepare for that meeting whilst I'm doing something else. And just even visualizing my mind's doing this, it's exhausting. So actually, if I was to go, right, I've got, I've got half an hour. I need to get these two things done. If I just allow 15 minutes for each and just zone in on that, it's going to be much more effective, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, look, there'll be times that you might consciously choose to, in effect, be carrying out two tasks at the one time. So you might be walking and listening to a podcast. But if, if it's anything that takes up any cognitive real estate, your mind is just going to be flipping even if it's within microseconds it'll be flipping from one task to the other and actually there's a lot more power in in a mindful approach in terms of whenever i am working then i'm working and i'm not thinking about my family and when i'm with my family i'm focused on them and not trying to figure out my schedule for the following day and so on and so forth that's a bit of a my mind's just gone weaker um, and I think there's probably going to be lots of people nodding away certainly lots of other mm. working parents I expect who are juggling a lot of different things as well as working so yes we want to talk about unlocking full potential because the whole point of the recruiters recruitment podcast is to give people certainly on their um you know their career journeys wherever they're at wherever whether they're starting out whether they're you know years into it or whether they're leading companies we want to be at the highest level of our own performance so what are, are there any key pillars to allow us to each individually unlock our full potential. Okay, so I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID 
and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com, or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. So like, <clears throat> like we're saying, part of it is um, moving on from the presence part. And it's in often the highest pressure and high stake environments that we see the profound weight of this. So even if we take sports as an example, it's in the Super Bowl winning catch, it's the, the golf shot at the Masters, the championship at Wimbledon, the penalty kick, that there's an inner voice in that moment that which will try and pull us out of the present moment. And it's an inner voice coming from a place of doubt and fear that will often throw even elite athletes off. So the mind will create doubts, negative thoughts. It'll focus on your past errors. It'll dwell on the perceived importance of the next play. I have to win this shot or I have to perform. But all this mental activity pulls us out of the present moment. And so it's not necessarily skill per se that separates victory from defeat. It's actually the ability to access skill, wisdom, creativity, and innovation when it matters most. And that's what really separates the masters from the elite. It's the Michael Jordans, the Roger Federer's, the Serena Williams, the Pele's, the Messi's, the Muhammad Ali's. They all harness this ability to be completely immersed in the present when they're in, in the zone and there's complete flow. And when there's presence, there's a sense of serenity and effortlessness and ease in the now because we're in the only moment that exists. And so even, um, I don't know if you've watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, but at the end, Mark Vansell, he, uh, he comments on Jordan and he says, you know, Michael is a mystic. He was never anywhere else. His gift wasn't that he could jump high or run fast or shoot a basketball. His gift was that he was completely present. And when we're aware of that, even just practicing coming back into the present moment, rather than living in our heads, makes it more likely that we're going to be able to unlock the potential and creativity that we have Definitely. in the present moment. I just want to pick up on something you just said within that answer, which is about being in your flow. Because I think very often, mm -hmm. in, I mean, it'll happen in every job, I expect, you do parts of a job where you're just not in your natural flow. And so it feels unnatural. It's really, you have, you're, you're sort of almost fighting against it. And all you have is fear and anxiety because you know that this isn't, you know, for me, it's anything to do with the accounts or finance or HMRC and anything like that. I just think, pass it on to my accountant. And I know myself yeah. having established, a, you know, I have created a role that is fully in my flow. So all the things you talked about, serenity, you know, my creativity, mm -hmm. I'm in full flow. And it, it looks to most people that watch me do my job, it looks like I do nothing, just chat on the phone. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's because I'm, you know, in that, in that present state of mind, I'm enjoying that conversation. I'm thinking, right, where can I send that person? You know, what can, what can I do for that person? I'm enjoying that moment. So everything you've said there, I think from mm -hmm. a personal experience point of view, finding a role where you are in that natural flow and encouraging leaders mm -hmm. to get people to that point where they just don't feel that they're doing anything that's unnatural to them. 
And it's something which will uh, change as our, our business changes. Yeah. And so in the beginning, often we don't have the liberty of offsetting all the different parts of the work in the beginning you know when you're running a business you are doing the marketing and the sales and the delivery and the bookkeeping and the organizing and so in that case it's about of we can find our flow with a sense of acceptance seeing that this is part of my journey right now and when we accept it we can actually flow even with difficulty so it sounds like a, a contradiction but <clears throat> It's whenever we fight against reality that we struggle because there will be times where we're doing tasks which uh, our mind will try and resist or put off or fight against. So in those moments, there's that complete acceptance of the reality that it's brought. And it can be be a small reality like um, uh, having to do some sort of administrative task or it can be a huge, big, painful reality. It can be losing someone we love or being single when we want to be in a relationship or struggling to conceive or our children becoming sick or being diagnosed with an illness or a loved one being diagnosed with one or having challenges at work or with people or there being job insecurity or financial uncertainty or markets crashing or pandemic striking or lockdowns being implemented and we can't control what happens to us but with a sense of acceptance we can then control the meaning that we attach to it and how we respond and that's the difference between surviving and thriving developing that psychological resilience through understanding how the mind works and then as our as our careers progress often we have more liberty we then have an we then have that choice which a lot of people find difficult to let go of though because there's a sense of control of wanting to control everything around us and that's then the time to be able to let go of that control and say look i need to begin to give that other person the freedom to take this and run with it and they are going to make mistakes that's part of that's part of growth and there might be parts I need to keep an eye on but what are the parts I have to be doing and what are the parts I can give off to other people or find a system to automatize it which then like you were saying allows me to really focus on where my magic is like what is it about me that brings the most value and how can I find that and protect it and nurture it and double down on it? Because that will be the key to your success. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, you can only control the controllables and the ones that, yeah. uh, which is very, very small part of your life. So the things that you can't control, it's about then how you react to what those things are that allows you to either have a, I guess, the mindset that we're talking about or not, which you know, for most people, mm-hmm. that, most people that are taking time to listen to a podcast, I will make an assumption are wanting to grow their mindset, are wanting to elevate themselves, are wanting to achieve high performance. So I, I would mm-hmm. say that there's an assumption there because you are taking time to to do that and to and to try and learn. So are there any sort of major tips that you would like to impart to our audience about how they can ensure that they sort of get the best well-being because we talk Mm. about being and you know we want to ensure that people are looked after from a mental and physical point of view what what would your top tips be for our audience well following on from what you're saying about controlling the controllables i'd say there's only ever two controllables in life and one is the psychological approach that we take to a situation and another is the actions that we then take everything else is outside of our control what someone else says does what they think what happens 
around us, you know, we can potentially influence it, but it's outside of our complete control. And whenever we understand the mind, the mind is often looking for a problem to solve. It likes to get its teeth into an issue and really wrestle with it like a dog with a bone. But the mind on its own will gravitate towards negative questions. It's a, it loves questions. And so it'll ask, you know, why does this all happen to me? Why am I so bad at this? What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Or how long will this last for? What if this continues next month, the following month? And the brain then begins to answer these questions and it will pollute our consciousness with these negatively framed questions. So I'd say two parts. One, if you're, if you're facing a challenge, we want to begin to ask our mind better questions and let those questions lead the mind. So we might want to look at, okay, what has happened? And then write it down as objectively and rationally as possible, <clears throat> stripping the emotion out of it and stripping any predictions about the future, about what it means, just what exactly has happened. Then we want to ask what feelings did this trigger inside of me? Because anything that we feel, if we make, uh, if we take action from a place of fear or panic, we tend to make it invariably worse. We know from neuroscience that whenever our fear goes up, the logical prefrontal cortex that we use as our control center essentially goes offline. So we lose access to all the wisdom and the innovation and the creativity that we have. So we want to understand and even identify those feelings because we also know from MRI studies that when we say, gosh, I have the feeling of anger or sadness, it begins to dampen down the activity in the brain. Then we might want to ask, okay, what thoughts are going through my head? What meaning did my mind give to this event? Because then we can see where the fear is coming from. And then, you know, fourth question could be, what is the gift or the opportunity here? What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And then finally, I'd say, what we want to then focus on is what vision would I love to create? What if I could, in a way, manifest the ideal outcome? What would that look like? Now, we don't know if that outcome will play out, but we want to start moving in that direction and looking at what are the structures or systems that I could implement that will help me and support me to move towards this vision. And then with that awareness, actually our greatest source of suffering and stress can become our greatest source of strength. And it can be the catalyst which can help us to develop as people in terms of compassion or understanding and growth. It really can. And, and I love the fact that you've ended on manifestation because I think that is something that's so prevalent in terms of, you know, people's thought process at the moment. But actually, it plays very well into recruitment because we can plug that right mm -hmm. into the thing because that's effectively what we do as business owners. We yeah. manifest what our visions are from a financial perspective or growth perspective. But we're talking about human beings as well here. That is that's mm -hmm. been a very succinct amazing 20 minutes for our audience to really i think might have to listen a couple of times to because there's a lot to take away and we mm. really appreciate you giving up your time for the recruiters recruitment podcast thank you so much dr arium it's been lovely to meet you no thank you alicia and you know like you're saying we do one way of looking at it is that we co-create reality through our thoughts and through our words and through our actions and so the more that we can develop that awareness of the thoughts going through our heads the the words that we're speaking and where they're coming from and then the actions that we're taking the more the more power that we then have within our own lives 
and the more that rather than just being dictated by the mind and and flowing with where wherever it takes us we get a greater sense of autonomy and a greater sense of groundedness to be able to find that calm amidst any storm and then still begin to set sail in the direction of a life that we'd love to lead empowering people definitely absolutely Absolutely. Taken from that. Oh, I'm feeling really energized now. Not that I needed to, but I am feeling really energized. <laughs> that has been really valuable. And I know that there'll be lots of people adding you on LinkedIn, hopefully, now I'm following you. So I really do appreciate your time taking time to join us. And it's been very inspiring. So thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Alicia. You're welcome. Take care.